Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hello, it's me, your host of the Barstoolers Premier League podcast, Connell. I just wanted to put this in before the actual episode gets underway, just to let you know that we were recording this podcast on Tuesday afternoon slash evening, literally just before the news broke that the European Super League would not be going ahead, you know, which is absolutely brilliant that it's not going ahead. Uh, I still feel as though the conversation, which probably goes on for quite a bit of this episode, is still worth listening to. Um, you know, we talk about whether it won't happen, whether it will, so that's unfortunate. But we also go into the details and talk about the wider uh, scope of uh, of these events of the last couple of days. Uh, so hopefully you will still enjoy it, just bearing that in mind. Another thing that I forgot to say at the top of the episode, we did mention at the end, if you are listening until then, hopefully you'll stick with us until then, but we are running a competition on our social medias, at Barstoolers on Twitter and at Barstoolers Pod on Instagram. We're giving away a mystery football jersey in collaboration with Kit Launch Cork. So if you go over there to our social medias, you'll be able to enter that competition very easily. The steps are all laid out there, very straightforward, and bag yourself a fantastic prize. And the winner of that competition will be announced on the episode of the podcast next week. So uh, it'd be brilliant if you go and enter that and support us there. So now I'll actually let you listen to this week's episode. So bearing all that in mind, we hope you enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Barstoolers Premier League podcast and uh, I'm your host Connell. I'm joined by my co-hosts Michael, James and Ronan. Uh, we have a full house of hosts this week and uh, it's been a quite a few days in football lads, kind of struggling to get things on for the podcast today, hasn't it? Big time, yeah. You hate to see it. Okay, right. Yeah, just first out. That's bell, right? Right out the traps. We just, we need to discuss it. This European Super League. Uh, Mick, so I understand you have some interesting thoughts on it. Yes, they would be definitely very interesting. I'm all for it. It's a great thing for football. We're getting Mbappe, we're getting Haaland, we're playing Real Madrid every week. Oh, you, you just love to see it. No Astragugu, no Burnley, no Amers. It's the best. No, but no, serious. So it's an absolute disgrace. I'm sorry I had to do that. I'm trying to reel people in, but no, it is the worst thing that has happened to football ever. Might be a bit of a stretch, but it is the worst. It's Florentino Perez, or I don't even know if that's how you pronounce the name, but he's a fat bastard. He needs to get stopped. He has Real Madrid in the mud. Messi's leaving Barcelona. They need the cash. So what do they do? They have this. This big fuck-off league, they think is deadly. They don't care about the fans. It's all about the money at the end of the day. Him saying that 16 to 24-year-olds don't care about football. That is like one of the most... Cra- that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. What, what, what an idiot. He, I'll, I'll just read out the, the proposed format of the European Super League before we get yes, into any please. chat. So teams will be placed in two groups of 10. So like in the NBA or anything like that, American sports, East and West. Uh, teams will play each other uh, home and away in the groups, followed by a knockout stage. All games will be played in midweek and the competition will run from August to May. So it'll be like the Champions League. Uh, 12 founding clubs with three more anticipated. That's, of course, the top six from England and the big three from Italy and Spain. And the 15 founding clubs uh, fifteen founding clubs will govern the tournament and five other teams will have to qualify. 
each season. So there'll be five places up for grabs. And then other than that, it's complete, um, you know, the American sports model. Uh, it's, it's absolutely disgraceful. But to be honest, I don't understand how anybody is surprised. Football clubs, the biggest football clubs are gross. They're owned by billionaires who are so out of touch with reality. And uh, I'm not, obviously I'm disappointed. And the fact that they have the audacity to try this is maybe surprising but the fact that they want to do it absolutely not surprising at all um yeah i don't know what's your thoughts on it it's, all, I don't, it's, I don't really it's also it's also because i was there was one i, I, I can't remember who tweeted, it was romano tweeted it um out of all the clubs every single club there is in a massive amount of debt like i know spurs and barcelona both have over a billion in debt I think Liverpool had the least amount of debt out of any of the clubs, and we still have something like four hundred million. AC Milan's got a healthy debt as well. Yeah, and I think Real's seven hundred million as well. So, like, like oh, the, the quotes from Perez yesterday were one of the most deluded things I've read in my entire life. Like, he was coming out and saying, "Oh, it's saving the football, it's saving the football period." Obviously, that's stupid. Um, but he was saying, like, oh, well, Barcelona and us were in a really bad financial situation. I was like, well, of course you are. Because the two of them go out and spend fucking 50 million on fucking some cunt who's playing for the Fluminense fucking other 12s every six months. They sign players for 50 million when they're already fucking 800, 700 million in debt. Pay off the fucking debt you have before signing nobody's for like 60 million. It's like, who's fucking... It's any wonder you're so much in debt. Like, it's... Oh, it's... It's just stupid. And, like, obviously, I'm not surprised to do this because what's happening now, it's not even billionaires. It's They've got themselves in a massive debt, and they were saying, oh, well, we're just going to pay off that debt now, and then we can go off and get ourselves in another billion debt, which in 20 years we're going to be able to clear anyway. They're just trying to clear our debt so they can be fucking mega rich now again anyway. It's it's all these clubs, oh, they have massive debt. It was like, whose fucking fault is this? It's your own fault that you own the biggest football club in the world and have 700 million in debt. There's only one person to blame for that, and that's you. Yeah, particularly, it's really it's really strange that Perez is the one sort of leading the charge on this. He'd be the CEO, wouldn't he, of the new proposed Super League? He'd be the chairman, which is really strange given the financial situation of the Spanish clubs in particular. I don't think Athletic Atletis is that bad by any stretch, but Barcelona especially. This is this is them to save them as a football club. Like the government need to step in or something. They are one loan, like. Once the debtors come calling, they are closing the closing the doors and giving Messi a new contract. It's the whole thing stinks, really. Uh, it's just it's poor management on their behalf. Whereas Liverpool have been better. I think it's also has to be said that Arsenal have somehow uh, found a way into this league after just the amount of times they've been slandered on this podcast. But yeah, it's all money. Like you think, like Liverpool and Arsenal, they sacked a load of staff during the pandemic and now they just have all this like poor Gunnar Soros he lost his job being being the top dog at Arsenal football club and then all this money coming in like it's it's just not not good for football yeah I never said sorry it's the the spreadsheets over football at the minute because the Gunnar Soros was an overhead at the end of the day an unnecessary overhead in their in their eyes whereas you know this is sort of feeding into the wider conversation of the fans being phased out of the game you know they said like legacy supporters was the reference used and things like Gunnar Soros are a hallmark of that past whereas you look at someone who might be a bit shit and you're gonna let like double his contract or something he's not going to go anywhere he's rotting on your bench and you can't pay gun source like 20 grand a year there's these things that don't line up and i think arsenal only included because stan Kroenke is obviously probably chummy with the other billionaires over there in america well arsenal are a big name but spurs it's how, how spurs wiggled their way in there spurs have been champions league regulars for about four seasons like before 20 they're in Champions League in 16, 17. But before that, I don't think they'd been in it in six years or something like that. Like, they've Daniel Levy has largely run them pretty well, like, you know, with the stadium. And they are a fairly established European name now. But that's only a couple of years. They have no history in European football. Absolutely none. Just because they're wealthy. Yeah. Like, I, honestly, I don't even know what to say because we didn't do too much preparation. This podcast will be upfront because, I mean, it's just an absolute shit show. So it's just going to be uh, venting for about 20 minutes. You, any more thoughts yeah, on that? 
on Levy as well, they're in a bit more hot water. They did get good loans from the banks uh, against the new stadium, but it was originally going to cost about £600 million. But with construction inflation and everything else, it's cost like one, $1.2 billion. So there's problems on the horizon for Spurs too. So And, it, and there was a conversation we had as well. Chelsea and City, like the evil oligarch clubs that we traditionally point to, were reluctant to join, weren't they? They were like... It was a case that they didn't want to miss out, obviously. Uh, but but that's funny, isn't it, that the other four led the charge rather than uh, City yeah. and Chelsea? By all accounts, it seems that out of the Premier League clubs, Liverpool and United, their owners seem to hold the other four, or at least those two, to ransom. Being like, if you leave, mm. um, your your club's going to die. Like it's it's if you don't come with us, um, City and Chelsea are going to become irrelevant because it's going to be the next big thing in football. And, and it just gets around financial fair play. And there has to be another conversation about uh, two squads. Like, you can't have the same squad in the Premier League that competes in the Super League. You just can't with the, with the financial clout they have. That they have to come yeah. to some compromise. Yeah, with the UEFA president coming out saying that players that are participating in this Super League, they won't be able to play competitions like the Euros or the World Cup. I think with someone like Ronaldo, obviously Juve participating now in that, he would have been sort of going for the World Cup next year. Probably Portugal would have been good favourites as well. But yeah, seeing the, the UEFA president sort of come out and be so vocal against it is good for football. But at the end of the day, UEFA are also very money hungry as well. So yeah. Yeah, money Amazon Sports came day. out against it. Amazon. Yeah. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 this thing where it's like you have to you have to People are coming out and saying, "Oh, you away from FIFA." Uh, you can't, you can't treat them like they're the good guys here either. Because, and Sky as well coming out and saying, "I know Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville were both uh, kind of critical of Sky last night on Monday Night Football, saying, you know, we're partly responsible for this as well." You know, Sky changed the football pyramid in England to to give the Premier League clubs all the power or the majority of the money anyway, and it's uh, like. UEFA from FIFA are bang on to try and stop this, but they're doing it for the wrong reasons. They're doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. Because um, if FIFA and UEFA, if this new thing's happened, UEFA lose so much money from uh, uh, from the Champions League revenue and Europa League revenue as well would go down greatly, even if even though it's not as relevant. But it, they'll still make losses on it. Uh, it's the same with Sky. You know, when Sky lost the Champions League to... Um, Sky lost the Champions League to BT. They took a big, big enough hit. Um, and if they lose the big six, um, because like Sky will probably get some TV rights to the new Super League, but they're not going to get all of them. And it's just going to be the big six. So they're just going to be stuck with a Premier League without the big six, or they're going to be a weakened big six because the Premier League, if they're playing midweek games in Europe every week, they're not going to play all the best players in the Premier League all the time. Um, and so we'll be stuck with a weakened Premier League and the EFL. So that's going to hurt them. Not not as many people are probably going to cancel subscriptions to Sky on that as well. So like you have to be wary on stuff like that. Is like, yeah, they're, they're making the right points and they're saying the right things, but they're still, Sky in particular, are still quite responsible for what has happened. Yeah. Uh, just on that, Ronan, that's that's a very good point. Um, Sky, you're doing it out of survival because these uh, Super League plans, I don't think they have Sky in mind at all. I think they want Sky to die as an entity because do you remember the £15 uh, pay-per-view passes? They were, broadly speaking, uh, championed by the big clubs. They weren't actually an initiative of Sky. Sky were getting the extra, was it four or five games a weekend or BT as well were getting a share of them. And that was obviously in a, in a normal subscription package. So you're getting extra bang for your buck and it's still not great. And they wanted the £15 pay-per-view, which is a disgrace. So I think they're going to plan their own stream and breakaway service again for the fu- fans of the future, which Sky would just completely die as a company. Completely they'll die on their absolutely go with like a prime video and they'll partner with Amazon and it'll, oh God, all this money. It's just smelly. Your man Perez, him saying, oh, it, it's going to benefit the the clubs in the other leagues because when we're buying players from them, they'll be getting loads of money, which is oh, it's just crazy. He thinks like how he's he's the saviour of football. He's the king of sports. He's the hero. He's a clown. If they were to go with a, a subscription system, just like match by match worldwide, they'd be able to make it sort of affordable, which in one way is good, but also they'd make loads of money. If you charge five or a match, made it worldwide that you could just buy a match on your iPhone 
they'd make absolutely tons of cash. I just want to talk about as well, um, I said earlier about why people are surprised, really, and I suppose we have a slightly unique viewpoint of this because we support teams in other countries, the Barcelona podcast. We are from Ireland talking about, particularly from an English perspective, and we should know more than most that these clubs don't care about us. Liverpool are worth unbelievable amounts of money. United are worth unbelievable amounts of money. United and Liverpool haven't cared about really their fans since probably the formation of the Premier League before that even. Uh, and it's just, you know, you pick a team when you're a child. Everything happens so gradually. Uh, you know, players get phased out, a couple of players at a time. And, you you know, so it's not like you wake up one day and your whole team's changed and you're like, what's happened here? You always feel connected to it from your eight years old. And it's that emotional thing. So, you know, you shouldn't be surprised. You know, I, I don't support United because I think the Glazers care about me. That like that's not what the issue is. I'm fully aware that United don't give a fuck about me. Uh, that they're not my local team and all that. But it's you know you just get emotionally invested in it. Yeah, but I, I think out of all of this bad stuff, uh, you have to remember that it is a very small portion of people who are behind this. And the fact that the entire footballing community has come together against this is nice. It reminds us that this is why we support football football teams, why we like football, because it is all in this community uh, based on a collective, really, values and traditions of our clubs. And I'm just trying to put a positive spin on it, uh, basically, is what I'm saying. And that it's nice to see that everybody is so against us. Yeah, it's it's also, you know, I know I keep on banging out podcasts, but, like, we do support our local team as well. Um, it's just, when you live in Ireland... Um, that's, obviously, that's where the name Barstool has come from because a lot of there'll be a lot of people in Ireland who uh, they just support an English team, and um, we're a fortunate spot where we support a local and we support um, we support our local team. But it's kind of impossible in Ireland to get away from the Premier League as well because it has such a large following. Um, unfortunately, it has a larger following than the League of Ireland here as well. Um, it's like we're in a fortunate position where this is never really going to affect. The League of Ireland per se, because none of the big clubs, obviously, um, if you're including the League of Ireland, um, you know, Dundalk's kind of in a bad situation, but a billionaire owner as well from America. Be nice to not have an American absolutely ruin my football club just for a while, but it's it's just hard to get away from it. And like, really, we're part of the problem as to, because we support our local as well, but we're part of the problem is because it's people like people from Ireland and people from um, like I just using uh, Liverpool as an example I know Liverpool have big supporter base everywhere in the world but I know especially in Scandinavia they have a huge uh, supporter base um, I think they have a big supporter base in Belgium as well was a weird one I remember when I was over one of the times there was, a, there was a massive group from the Belgian supporters club it is part of the problem as well I know there was that clip doing the rounds of Liverpool fans saying like a lot of these clubs have become tourist clubs but that's I think obviously the new league is quite similar to the structures such as the NFL or the NBA, as it just wants your big, they're trying to turn them into big franchises and they're trying to kind of sanitize the fans. They don't really want fans who are going to be in there fucking calling opponents players nonsense. They don't really want that. It's not, it's not marketable. Um, and the sad thing is, if it does go ahead, I don't think it's going to affect the club as much because local support for the club is going to die out. But I don't think fucking some cunt in Thailand or some, American support is going to care if they get to if they if they go over to Singapore or they go over to America or they go over to China to play a match they're going to get massive support because these are all these people who have been following them on TV for years and now all of a sudden these super clubs are coming to or the super league clubs are coming to where they're playing I was like oh we actually get to go watch a football match and it's just going to be uh, like the fans of these big clubs being coming more and more or the stadiums at least becoming more and more sanitized as the years go on and maybe maybe the owners feel like it's gotten to a point where it, it's it's gotten close enough to American sports where you're not going to have the the rowdy crowd um, scream and abuse at opposition players and stuff like that. They want it to be more of a family-friendly kind of thing or an internationally commercial-friendly kind of thing. 
Yeah, I think you're spot on, Ron, with the commercialization of football and the eventual franchise destination that we're landing in. But when when I think Mixer was making a good point about um Perez on about funding bigger transfer fees for player players. Well, if he's saying that, then maybe he's gonna go bankrupt again if he's gonna waste money on try again by his own admission, if he's gonna drive up transfer fees yet again. What's the point? But I don't think he will. What I think it'll happen is, you know, a lot of other clubs have just become redundant. And the notion of that we have now feeder clubs, smaller clubs giving players to the to the big clubs will get even worse. And um companies or um clubs like Valladolid or other clubs in Spain will just basically just be a massive training camp for the, the big clubs. They won't even need academies, they'll just cherry pick whoever they want. And I mean, I don't know, it'll be a complete rebranding of the football pyramid and i'd say most clubs won't survive it which is just disgraceful i've seen a lot of people like try compare this to like the nfl and the nba like the sort of structure is the same but the way they're run like with the draft and college sports it's so much different like if they were to do this in the nba now it'd be like taking the lakers the clippers the nets it'd just be like having the playoff teams and no one else like it's it's crazy do you think like that's going to mean now like Liverpool buying Callum Wilson and Newcastle like yeah we want eight hundred million for him because you have the money now they know these clubs have crazy wealth and it's sad to see that PSG are the good guys in this situation along with the the German teams like I know what PSG they're still in the Champions League final so or not the final they're still in the Champions League rather and it might be a thing where they just wait to see how that competition pans out and then they're like. We actually we want in now as well, but it it is good to see that players and managers are coming out against it. Like Liverpool, we're recording this on the Tuesday. Liverpool were playing against Leeds on the Monday night, and Klopp and Milner were coming out saying that they were against it, and all the Leeds players were wearing t-shirts against it. And players like Bruno Fernandez and Rashford have been posting on social media about it. So we need like Ander Herrera was probably the first footballer to go public with his feelings but that's what we need all like the big players you need someone like a Ronaldo or Messi now to step up and have a big public outrage towards this this craziness because it is a truly crazy moment not even just in football but just sports in general it's also there was a big one today Jordan Henderson uh, was calling for a meeting of all the Premier League captains to come out and speak against us so like there is a lot of people coming out and speaking out against it it's just I still, I'm still worried they're still going to go through with it. Even if they got all this backlash, I think they, they think they can still go through with it. And they, like I said, using that example of like, of them going international with it, they still might get away with it, which is annoying. And like, I, I know I already made the point. Like, it, the, the main thing for this is all these clubs are in massive debt, and once they join this league, once the money's there, they'll be able to pay off their debt, and then they can do anything. Yeah, we want to hear about the you know commercialization of football and but in a way there's not you can't complain too much because it's the biggest sport in the world. Of course, people are gonna look to take money out of it. Um, you know, and the Premier League was that ruining football. You might argue that, but the English football would not be where it is without that whole format. Like it was really good for the game. Maybe not so much for the clubs uh, underneath it and in terms of smaller clubs looking to win titles, like it's very difficult to see someone outside the top six winning the Premier League ever, pretty much. Leicester happened. It's unlikely that's ever going to happen. Um, but there's no doubt that it has improved the English game, the quality of the English game, the money in it. It's a massive money spinner for Britain. Um, so commercialization of football being the biggest sport in the world, I think inevitable. And in some ways, isn't a bad thing. It, it You know, it's probably better that it wasn't that way, but you can definitely take positives from it. Uh, but ultimately, I uh, just don't think it'll happen at all. But you, I do understand that some people are saying, you know, they're getting their foot in the door, they're making that shock statement, and they'll make small tweak after small tweak, and it might happen in like 10 years or something, or 15 years. I, I still don't really see that happening, but I, I wouldn't be shocked. I just think it's just going to be thrown out because um, just a complete outrage. Like nobody wants this to go ahead outside of like the executives who, what, like 30 people or something like that. Uh, I don't think it would go ahead. Um, I just think there's too much going out against us. And um, 
especially today, people are saying that Chelsea and City are already considering pulling out of it, which I think if they lost, whatever Chelsea, but they lost City, I think that would be a huge one. And I think that would fucking throw everything into jeopardy. Um, also, I don't know how committed... Uh, yeah, I don't know how committed FSG would be because I think they tried it now because there was no... There was no fans in the stadium to go against it because remember when they went to put the price, the tickets for price up at Anfield, they got a huge backlash over it. Um, they, obviously, they'd be one of the biggest ones to go against it, but if there was enough outrage over it, I think they'd maybe back down. I don't know. I think there's going to be too, there's just too much backlash over it and too many people are going to try and stop it happening. Um, and UEFA and FIFA are going to really try to come down it and it's going to cut. There's, there's already legal battles already starting over. I think it's going to cost too much. I think there's going to be too much hassle. And eventually, all these owners are going to say, this is more hassle than it's worth. They won't do it on moral grounds. They'll do it because they think it's just, this has become too much hassle and we don't want to deal with it anymore. Yeah, they're good points. And um, what Colin was saying about the commercialization of sport, yeah, it's quick to recognize how much has improved like athlete player performances. But eventually, you're going to reach a ceiling on that. And if it's only 12, 15, 20 clubs getting continuous investment, well, 15, a lot of the academies and clubs, if they're not financed properly, you're going to fall into disrepair. And eventually, I think you might see a plateauing of player quality and it may be a decline even because there's just not the same investment in services as there was before because the clubs just can't survive. Uh, so I think it's just a race to the bottom, to be honest with you. And um, if it happens, it's, like you said, it, it could be incremental, these things, but um, I'm that, that's me done with football if it happens. 100%. That's definitely a good point there about the plateauing of performance because a team like Ajax, they have such a good academy and because they have good performances in the Champions League, these players get to show their ability and then they're snapped up by the bigger clubs. But yeah, uh, like all this backlash and stuff, it is crazy how much the owner, like I'd say the, the owners of these clubs would have some very colourful DMs on all platforms. can only imagine how many death threats they're been having thrown at them but yeah now but it's a thing if they just say oh yeah we want to come back to the premier league this super league's not going ahead like what's going to happen then because the premier league they're not going to be like oh yeah come back there's going to have to be some form of punishment whether that be transfer bans points deductions even potential relegations now if all the six premier league teams were to get relegated but the way the championship is, only three teams getting promoted each season. That would mean three of them don't get promoted. So there's two seasons in the championship. Just imagine Mo Salah, he'd score 800 goals in the championship. But yeah, it's very sure it gone. Interesting. Well, who's he going to go to? Because all these other clubs are going to get relegated as well. Fucking PSG or Bayern or something, they'll just buy him. Like he's one of the best footballers in the world. He's like he's not going to stay in second division even if they. Yeah, they'll get happen. Ronaldo or Messi. PSG love top four: Neymar, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Messi. Don't win yeah, if that if so, I don't think that will happen. Um, because generally, I don't think UEFA or the Premier League have any backbone. If these back out of it, I think both will just be like, "Yeah, it's fine. You're allowed to do Champions League. You're allowed to do Premier League again." I really think if they just turn around and say, "Fine, we won't do it," both will just. Uh, I think they'll try to come to uh, an agreement that they really won't have any backbone over it. Um, as long That's as it doesn't happen. Yeah, as long as it, City broke all the rules last year and they didn't get a Champions League bad. Like, they broke so many rules and it didn't happen. Like, if you think anything's going to happen over this, as long as it doesn't happen, neither UEFA, FIFA or uh, the Premier League will care. And it's not going to happen in Spain or Serie A either. Um, so I really don't think there's going to be any punishments. Um one of my favourite things, though, was obviously the reaction has been really funny. I thought Gary Neville was very funny on Sunday. Like, his big rant was great. Um, but uh, again, going back to Perez, I think one of the other things he said yesterday was like, oh, I hate this fault. He said, I don't like this false narrative that it's a closed league. It was like, there's still going to be five open spaces for people who are going to invite to the league each year. I was like, yeah, five compared to, what is it, 30 in the Champions League now? That's not open. Also, nobody can get relegated. So it's, it's stupid. Like, there's 15 clubs there that are going to be there every year. And it also comes at a time where Juventus are, I think, two points above fifth place in 
the Serie A with a game more played. So they're clinging on to top four. Juventus might not be in the Champions League next year anyway. This all happens. And then obviously Chelsea, Liverpool, Spurs and Arsenal are all outside the top four. And well, the Spanish ones are all in the top four. But so it comes as no surprise that this is happening when all these big clubs, um, a lot of them are being threatened uh, or are worried because they won't be qualifying for the Champions League next year. Like, I think out of the ones that are there, over half of them aren't in line to be in the Champions League next year anyway. So I just, I, I, the, obviously that affects the owners as well because your club's not as marketable if you're not in the Champions League. Like Liverpool won't be anywhere near as popular abroad, I'd say, if they're not in the Champions League next year. And they weren't for a long time there before Klopp came in because we were shit for years. Yeah, that just brings me on to uh, some questions that we got from the listeners and you were on about the closed competition here. And I think Michael might be the best person to answer this question as he's quite invested in the NFL. Uh, We've got a question in from one of our listeners, uh, Rockstar DJC, aka Daniel Campy. He says, is the European Super League basically just uh, all major American sporting leagues with the closed shop franchising system? I don't think you can compare them like the way the American sports are done compared to the European. Like when you win the Super Bowl, they call you the world champion. That sort of carry on like the way they don't have academies. They don't really have player development. It's you join a team in the NFL, you're 21, 22 coming out of college and then NBA, you're coming out of college, 1920. Then you see the likes of Jude Bellingham playing Champions League when he's 17. He came up to a Birmingham Academy. I, I think they are so the two like the sort of idea once it is the closed league like they, they're very hard to compare but it's just the way they have the academies in football compared to no academies it's just college prospects in the American sports I think it's very different and like world series and baseball it's not the world series America think they are the only country in the world so yeah that's my take on it I know, I know what I was saying earlier, it's becoming similar to NFL and NBA. I only really meant that in terms of how the competition was decided. I know it's a lot different in terms of like transfer fees and obviously the academies and all that is, is completely different. I just think, obviously, the Premier League is growing. Um, I, I can't remember what it is, but I think, it's, I think it's grown 20% viewership in the last 10 years, something like that, in America. Um, so again, all these American owners coming in, it's probably... Um, I think it's similar in terms of how it's being played because it's, I suppose it's, it's easier to sell to an American fan base where again, a lot of that is, is the NFL. And I would have said it's like, if you look at the Super Bowl, it's all consumerism, really like all the ads and stuff. Um, So I think they're trying to, obviously football's massively, massive consumerism as well. I'm not, I'm not trying to say it's not, but I think that again, the only, compa- the only reason I was trying to compare it to that was because it's in terms of how the league would be decided um, and I think how it would be advertised. I think they'd try to make it a lot more um, Americanized is the best word I can use. Yeah, it's definitely not a ridiculous comparison, but as Michael said, it's it's not quite. Don't be similarities, but not yeah. quite. Uh, we've got another question in from our friend David uh, from Two Men in the Podcast. Check that out if you need a TV and movie podcast aka Dave Javu on Twitter, mongoose underscore king. Uh, this is an interesting question. Uh, as fans of teams involved in the European Super League, what do you think of the punishment UEFA and FIFA are threatening? I think banning players from international competitions right from the start is a step too far when it means players are forced out of the Euros this summer. I think straight away it's probably harsh because like this, most most players... A lot of players are coming out and speaking against it, and again, most players weren't told until Sunday, so like they didn't have the option really, uh, or they didn't have a say in their club going into it. So I think stopping them from playing at the Euros anyway, I think, is a bit too harsh this soon. Um, again, it's very early days into it. It's like the the, the it was only signed three days ago, so we don't really know how it's going to develop. At the end of the day, it's not the players' fault, but I feel like they, the UEFA and FIFA nearly have their t- hands tied. 
they have to try put threats out to players to get them to jump ship so these teams don't have the power that they think they have. Yeah, it's the same with Ronan. Like, if they just say, if this was to start, let's say, like the beginning, if it is to start in August 2021, like they'd have to be banning players for the following World Cup. But it is not the players' fault. Like, I know Klopp was saying yesterday that it's not players' fault, so he doesn't know why the fans are getting the they're giving out the fans are giving out to the players, sorry. But like the fans have to give out to someone at the end of the day, so they're gonna give out uh, the next thing that they can, which is the most available thing, which is the players. But yeah, I think some sort of punishment will have to be brought in. Yeah. It will be tough on the players missing out on international competitions though. Yeah, look, they have to go nuclear because they just don't have the tools at their disposal that the big clubs do. Uh, the, ultimately, like UEFA and FIFA just aren't as big or important as all these big clubs together. They're bloody scary when they're all together. So they have to they have to go nuclear. I don't care how unfair it is to players, this, players, that. Uh, just do it if you can. Do whatever you can. Like They just they have to ensure their own survival. Um, and another thing as well is these clubs, if, they, if this goes through, they're just going to be too big to fail. And um, I don't know, there's going to be greater emphasis on uh, national teams, like, you know, the French training centre, like uh, Clairefontaine, is it? Like, um, yeah, no, I just can see the fo- football pyramid is completely shifting. And um, these clubs being some of the only clubs left in countries full stop and national academies maybe funneling the talent to the big clubs and even governments, that's going to be a problem with um, collecting revenues off these big clubs. How do you... How do you mitigate them? It's it's crazy. I think that with the German clubs not going in for this European Super League, I think this will just, if UEFA's threats and FIFA's threats are put in place, it'll just assert German dominance in the football and international world for quite some time. Because with Bayern and Dortmund, the big German teams not being in the this Super League, like the most, the majority of the German squad would playing the Bundesliga, Kimmich and the boys, like, they just absolutely run the show. They'd win all the World Cups. It's actually um, it's a wee bit of a sidetrack, just on the international thing. It's actually end up that there was supposed to be a decision made yesterday, was Monday, on the Euro 2020 host cities. Because I know Dublin hadn't confirmed it yet, but they've had to move that decision back because of this announcement. And I think Dublin was... Um, because UEFA have said all clubs have to have fans at the stadiums. I think if it went to the decision yesterday, Dublin would have had to turn around and said we can't do it and we might have lost our whole city status, I think. So, tiny, tiny positive to come out of all this, but we still might not even get it and it's all bullshit anyway, to be honest. Well, uh, another alleged punishment for clubs involved would be to remove them from UEFA competitions. Uh, That would include, of course, United, who are still in the Europa League and Arsenal, and Chelsea and City, who are still in uh, the Champions League from a Premier League perspective. I think a meeting's going to happen on Friday. Uh, so obviously we can't speculate too much on what's going to happen. It's, it's it's hard to know. Personally, I think, you know, as Gary Neville would say, the bottle merchants, that they'll get away with it. Uh, but yeah, just another thing to note uh, ahead of Friday. I think this is going to come out on Thursday. So um, you, you should know very soon if you're listening to this podcast. But going on to another Finally, we get to move on. Uh, going on to another sad uh, topic from uh, you know the perspectives of people who don't support Tottenham. Jose Mourinho has been sacked. You could be for be forgiven for forgetting about that. Jose Mourinho was sacked yesterday. One of the biggest names in football lost his job uh, as Spurs manager. Massive, massive news, and it's just been completely swept under the carpet. Probably good for Tottenham, to be honest. What are your thoughts, lads? Do you think he, he should have been sacked? Personally, I think it's crazy to sack him a few days before a cup final, but if anything, they probably have more of a chance now with Ryan Mason leading them out on Sunday. Yeah, I think it's it's whack that they sacked him just before a cup final. Uh, Spurs are in need of a trophy because they haven't won a trophy in a long, long time. But the word on the street was he got news of the, the Super League and then he refused to train the players. Now, I can't imagine that's true. I would say that is due to his shit performances that he got sacked because he wasn't very good towards the end. He had Son and Kane firing, but apart from that, Spurs are not good. Ryan Mason, young chap. You'd like to see him win the Cup now uh, come the weekend, but probably won't 
because City are good. But yeah. also, if City don't get kicked out of the Champions League, they're still in it. Like they might put out the kids, but even still, their kids are class. Yeah, I, I think Romano said yesterday, like why right after those rumors came out, that that didn't happen. Yeah, it's just unbelievable, really. That I was saying this yesterday to Michael. Tottenham sacked Maurizio Pochettino for Jose Mourinho. What were they thinking? You know, I was reading a piece today about everything that happened. You know, the whole story from the day you know he got appointed till you know what what eventually got him sacked. And it was like club officials were very frustrated that he's coming out and calling out the players, and players were really disappointed with the way that he you know was treating them. And it's like, well, who who would have expected that? How are Spurs to know? Yeah. Of course that was going to happen. Everybody knew that was going to happen. I have no sympathy for Spurs. Absolutely stupid. Uh, and there's not too many options for hiring a new manager, is there, lads? We were also talking about that. It's pretty slim pickings. There's no ideal candidate, really, that they could realistically get. Yeah, it was all quite depressing. It was like Ledley King, Scott Parker, Sarri... Allegri was there. Gerard's name was in this. Now these were just going by whatever the bookies had down. But so, who do you think should get the Spurs job? You know, you've got some big names like Allegri, but I don't. A, he might be tough to get, and B, I don't think that's what they need after Mourinho. Yeah, I think you need a manager that's gonna completely change the style of play, completely change the mood, and sort of uh, heal the club, even if they're not a brilliant manager. You look at post uh, post Mourinho, Solskjaer. Um, and then I don't think Sarri would be the worst because I, I probably rate him better than Allegri. Allegri is a bit too defensive for my liking. Uh, and then there's Nagelsmann who could be brilliant, but he might be very difficult to get. Uh, so my choice for the job would be Scott Parker. I think he's done a lot of good things at Fulham. Um, he's going to be the vibes manager. Go out there and enjoy yourself, you know. Uh, tactically, I don't know how good he is, but I think they could do worse than him for a year or two just to just to get some enjoyment in the football again and then see where you go from there. Uh, I would be giving the job to Shane Keegan and Philippe Giovanni, two two men who um, would make things interesting, probably. <laughs> Shane Keegan's a big Tottenham fan, so he love that. You know, he's, he, he understands the club. Shame we didn't understand our club. Uh, I'd like to see Alan Pardew take over in the hot seat of Spurs because he's a shit manager and Spurs are a shit team so they deserve a shit manager that's all I have to say on that one yeah ideally you'd think about someone like Nagelsmann or something just to get a bit of an instant impact because you look at Kane he doesn't want to stick around for another project for two years he's out the door and if you're throwing Scott Parker into that squad minus Kane and maybe Son you're going to be Fulham FC. You're going to be just vibes, like, you know, day down at the beach, mate. You don't have a clue. He's building sandcastles. <laughs> we that's, definitely, <laughs> that's definitely true. If you take Son and Kane out of out of Spurs, like, they are dusted. There's no point participating in that Super League. They're getting relegated anyways. Yeah, that's going to be so funny. If, if it does go ahead... The only positive is that fucking Arsenal and Spurs are going to get hammered every week and it's going to be very funny. Silver linings, yeah. silver linings. Yeah, I don't think we should really dwell on Jose too much because, I mean, I don't think anyone cares too much about kind of what's happening in football. Certainly not for the next week or two. It's just kind of quite sober and, and Jose was a terrible appointment. Uh, he's, uh, you know, I'd like to have a pint with him, but if you're working with him every day, he's a miserable bollocks who turns everybody against him, and it was clear as day that it was never going to work, and the football has moved past him. I was actually shocked. Uh, I didn't see a single wake-up Jose, it's all over tweet. Yeah, that's disappointing. Disappointing. Um, So, yeah, I think we'll probably stop the the bulk of the conversation for this week, and we'll, we'll move on to the predictions. One of the games we predicted last week still actually hasn't happened, so there's no not much point really in going through the the predictions and who got the most points. James, I know you, you're you out in front at the moment. I'm in second. Michael, you're in third and Roland's bottom. Uh, the winner of that will win a jersey courtesy of the other three hosts on the podcast. Uh, and with that in mind, we'll go on to the predictions. So the first game is Arsenal against Everton. Um, Arsenal are pretty bad. Everton uh, were pretty good, to be fair, against Spurs. But like that's the last match before Mourinho got sacked. So 
you know, Spurs were not the races by any means. I think this is going to be very miserable at the Emirates 1 1. Um, well, fuck Super League clubs. I'm going to say Everton are going to win 5 0. I'm going to say 3 1 Everton. Travis Scott has malaria, so that means Everton are going to win this on 2 0. By Travis Scott, I mean a Bamiang for anyone confused on that one. Yeah, that's another thing that went under the radar. Like, all the mad stuff was happening. It was like, yeah, Bamiang also has malaria. That's the thing that's that also happened. You know, speaking about that, you know, looking at the upcoming games, uh, including the, the dirty half dozen, this is the top six. Uh, there are previewing the games for the weekend on Sky Sports, you know, and MF being like, oh, you know, Next this week we have uh, you know Southampton against uh, Everton or, or Southampton against Arsenal I think it is and Gary Neville was just there after David Jones come on Southampton come on <laughs> just audibly <laughs> so thought it was quite funny and him uh, I'd rather watch the, the two best teams in the San Marino play no you wouldn't you're you're an idiot shut up well, Gary Neville is many things but he he is a socialist and uh, a real shit manager man, so. <laughs> I'd love to see him take over Spurs because he's dreadful he did such a bad job with Valencia sorry that's quite uh, a number you're taking the clap line mix <laughs> Gary so, Neville my, 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 fa- my favourite socialist icons Lenin Ho Chi Minh and Gary Neville <laughs> <laughs> okay and uh, going on to the next game including one of the members of the dirty half dozen West Ham at home to Chelsea two clubs uh, by hook or by crook chasing top four uh, and West Ham were they just lost to Newcastle so I think that will hurt them quite badly and Chelsea will win 2-1 4-0 West Ham I'm sticking with this 1-1 Kai Irons that might be enough for them but uh, <laughs> they're going to get something this game it's just going to happen this game will contain a Jesse Lingard bullet hat-trick it's going to be 3-2 to the Amas what does, a, what does a bullet hat-trick entail? it's a bullet hat-trick He's just so good. He doesn't that's when stop they're, scoring. That's when you're down. It's like a Mario Kart. You get the bullet when you're 12. That's going to be what's happening. <laughs> 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 okay. And uh, next one is Leeds against United. Uh, United are looking pretty good at the minute. We've had our first uh, midweek break all season. Uh, so maybe, you know, um, you know, the morning after... The night before, maybe you you do a load of exercise. You know, you play a bit of football for the first time in a while, and the legs are hurting. You might get that this week because United have had a rest. You know, if you if you sit down, you won't be able to get back up. But yeah, I'm not going to overthink it and just say two 0 to United. Um, I don't, uh, five two to Leeds. It's going to be an easy 4-0 for Leeds because Rashford's going to walk out in 15 minutes, obviously, because he has to take a stand and the boys are going to go with him. So Leeds are going to be playing against six men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with a 7-0 Leeds. Harry Maguire's going to shit himself halftime. <laughs> this podcast has went off the fucking rails. <laughs> yeah, this European Super League chat has me, has me riled up, has me in strange humour. And the next game is uh, featuring two... Two real football clubs. Aston Villa at home to West Brom. Uh, I know Villa have went from being quite good and like maybe getting Europe to just complete, uh, just, just being uninspiring. I don't even know if Grealish is back, but they're not looking anywhere near as good. Liverpool bet them pretty comfortably there uh, recently. So I'm going to say 2-0 West Brom. They're in good form. Up the baggies. Boing, boing. Um, yeah, Newcastle's won at the weekend. Big, big win for them. Obviously, changes the relegation battle. So, I think West Brom kind of need to win this one. Or they need to win one of the next two games anyway. They don't want to keep up in that relegation fight. So, I'm also going to predict a West Brom win. And I'm going to say... Um, I'm going to say 2-1 to West Brom. I'm going to say 2-0 Aston Villa. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> this is going to be 2-0 West Bromwich. Callum Robinson, he's coming up with the bullet header. That one is a bit more self-explanatory, but yeah, he's banging form and he's going to bang in the goals. And the last game we're going to predict is a team chasing top four and a team that probably should be safe from the relegation battle at this stage. Uh, Liverpool at home in Newcastle. Uh, can't wait to see clips of that 4-4 game. They always get brought out uh, before this game, even though they've all been shit since. Uh 
yeah, I don't know. Newcastle, they're doing okay, but I just think they're absolutely awful. And Liverpool have not been great this season, but it will be one that Liverpool and it won't be too much of a spectacle. Um, I am going to go for a 4-0 Newcastle win. Nat Phillips is going to put his head through John Henry and it's going to be a fantastic sight. Socialism is going to win. <laughs> and the game will be saved. Beautiful Ronan. Yeah, Coddle's the only one not sabotaging his chances to win this jersey. Uh, well, you're going to have to get the spakily, the spectacles out for this one because <laughs> Steve Bruce is, go- <laughs> is getting all three big ones. <laughs> You didn't even say the score. Although I see a Liverpool winning this one, uh, I see Nat Phillips leaving this game on a stretcher because St. Maximin is going to snap his ankles with a dirty Rabona fake. It'll be 1 0 Liverpool. And that just about brings an end to uh, one of the most eventful episodes of the Bar Steelers Premier League podcast. There was outrage, fascinating discussion. And absolute shite near the end of it. <laughs> um, Michael, we are still running a competition uh, in collaboration with Kit Launch Cork to give away a jersey up to the value of 40 euro, a mystery jersey. Uh, we talked about it on the podcast last week. It's been across our social medias. Uh, can you fill us in on all the details? Although all these big clubs, they might be stealing your team. We're giving back to the community and we're running the competitions on our Instagram and our Twitter we have posts on both our accounts. If you scroll down to them, uh, we'll, uh, on Instagram, we've been putting up on our story the last few days as well. So check it out. All the rules are in the post. And our podcast next week will be announcing the winner. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And there's definitely still time to enter. The competition is running until next Tuesday because Tuesday is when we record. So keep your eyes and ears peeled, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so a great response to that competition so far, and uh, it's good to be able to give back to uh, the Barstoolers listeners. Uh, and our Instagram is at Barstoolers Pod, our Twitter is just at Barstoolers. Uh, follow us on our TikTok as well. Unbelievable content put up there, Barstoolers, uh, just at Barstoolers there. So, yeah, I think that just about brings an end to the podcast. Can we have a, a closing line from one of you? So- And we hope to have you back next week where we'll be announcing the winner of the competition. And thanks for listening. Network.